Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast and I steal it back. Hello and welcome to today's episode. We're talking about the 10th episode of season one, the juror number six job of leverage, in case you weren't aware. <laughs> By episode 10, we By episode hope 10, you are aware. <laughs> you're watching the correct show. I know my baby. Can you imagine? Can you? Sorry. Can you just imagine if like someone was listening to like the podcast and like there is like a different show called Leverage and like we're just completely unaware of it. So they're, oh, they're watching, watching one the show and, like, and they're like listening to the podcast and like they're like, what the fuck are these two people talking about? <laughs> Who the fuck is Nate? <laughs> Beth, what did you think? Okay. I know you were super, super, super yeah. excited for this episode, and I fully understand why you love this episode. Yeah. I liked it. Personally, I think it is a step down from the two previous. Oh, yeah. No, it, even I think it's a step down from the two previous. Okay. The two previous are, like, brilliant. This one's just, like, solidly good. It's very okay. enjoyable. I like it a lot. I was going to say, I was like, I mean, it's not, it's a, it's it's not a, a massive step down. It's just, like, no, it's, but yeah. it's, it's definitely not, like... I mean, it's no secret I didn't love the pilot. It's definitely yeah. not like that. No. Um, but it is certainly not as, like, I was going into it, like, super hyped because you'd, yeah. like, were like, oh, yeah, the June number six. And I was like, all right, cool. And I love the premise. Yeah. But I was kind of, like, underwhelmed, I think, mm. which could just be because I went in with higher expectations. Yeah. But I was kind of like, oh, I was, I expected it to be as good as the previous two, if yeah. not better. So I think I was. Yeah. yeah, underwhelmed is probably a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I might have hyped it a little too much. <laughs> That's all right. See, we talk about Supernatural too much in this fucking podcast, but it's kind of like the opposite problem that I have where I'm like constantly being like, yeah, I understand Supernatural shit this next episode. It's probably not that good. <laughs> anyway. But no, I can totally see where you're coming from with that. I think also watching this one back... I realised that a lot of what I love about it, I can't really tell you because spoilers for down the line. Yeah. So, uh... I understood, like, watching it, I was like, oh, I understand why Jamie adores this episode. It's mm. so Parker heavy. Yeah. I was like, I get it. I really do. And, oh, actually, this is something that I wanted to talk yeah. about. Okay. So, Parker's wardrobe. Yeah. This episode mm-hmm. is, first of all, a f- whole ass mood. Yeah. She looks incredible in every... But... This is the the bit that I really wanted to touch on. Her wardrobe reminded me so much of your wardrobe. I the blue dress, like the little outfit that yep. she wears for the. I was like, literally, I was watching this with my roommate Naomi, and she was like, "That's a gorgeous outfit," and I was like, "Right, it's a gorgeous outfit." And then we were both like, "It looks like what Jamie wears." We were like, "That, <laughs> that's exactly Jamie's aesthetic." It's like it's like a bit like it's 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 a bit feminine, but it's like structured, but it's got a bit like a lace and like the colours and it's like all coordinated and it's it was so fucking cute. And we were both like, yes, oh, and she wore the skirt with the suspenders. Yeah. Dude, that was a fucking vibe. Whoever dressed Parker in this episode, whoever the costume designer was for this episode, I am in love with them. Beautiful. Stella, ten out of ten. She looked yeah. great the whole episode. Yes. I'm glad you approve of Parker's wardrobe. Yeah. I think it's a little more feminine than what I normally wear, but, like, not by much. Yeah. <laughs> not by much, yeah. No, it was it was super fun. And I, like, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that I know that it's not what she's going to wear, like, primarily yeah. through the series. Like, I recognise that it's not practical and also it's, like, not her actual style because she's, like, yeah. essentially cosplaying or, like, role-playing this entire episode, yeah. which is fun. I love Alice White. Yeah. I love that Hardison is good enough at creating fake identities that one of them got selected from jury duty. Yeah. I think that's fucking hilarious. Well, like, they literally say in this episode, when he, with his cover story for himself, like, they're trying to poke any hole in his cover story at all. Yeah. And they're like, well, either someone created a CIA-level backstory, yeah. or this guy is who he fucking says he is. Yeah, literally. Like, he's just so good. And actually, I really appreciate that... Like, Hardison's expertise is really being highlighted mm-hmm. because, like, he is that good. And yeah. not just at the, like, behind-the-scenes IT stuff because in this episode, my boy shines uh-huh. in the courtroom of all fucking places. And that suit, again, thank yeah. God for the costume department. Right? Right? Oh, I do. I am... <sighs> We're... I'm, I know I'm talking about things that we like right now, but I'm yeah. just going to real quick circle it back. Real quick circle back. The headband. Nate's fucking headband. It is why? Why? 
Why? Why? It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's not even a good head. Like, it's no. not even like a sweatband. It's just nope. like a piece. It looks like a shoelace tied around his head. It's He's trying to be a hippie. He's not very good at it. It looks stupid. Oh, my God. When Do you want to hear one of the notes I wrote? First of all, I wrote Nate and his stupid headgear in all caps, right? But I also wrote, I was so fucking worried it was going to be Nate walking in that door in a fucking stupid hat. So relieved it's Hardison. (laughs) When he walks in and he's like, I'll be the lawyer. Excuse my tardiness, Your Uh Honor. I was like, I was fully concerned it was going to be Nate in a dumbass hat. And I'm so glad that it was not. No, it was Hardison in an in incredibly a nice suit. suit. Yeah, it yeah. was great. And can we talk about lawyer Hardison for yeah. a minute? So is he like IT guy Elliot? Like, are we going to see him again? Or is this just like a once-off? I can't think of any specific examples where the alias Joseph Miller comes back. Bummer. Because I loved him. I thought he was great. He is great. I love that he had some <laughs> he had some really good lines. I love the one where he's like, "Yes, Your Honor, the next one hundred slides are, are essential." essential. <laughs> I just yeah, it was just very fun, very very fun. Lawyer Hardison and like his like final closing speech. Mm hmm. Genuinely moving. Yeah. Genuinely moving, like, and also actually relevant to yeah. the case. Like actually has a because I I watch. Not a lot of, like, movies in that that are set in the courtroom. But you see, like, TV shows in that, in the courtroom. And they do their closing argument and you're like, well, that was just a speech about freedom. How is that meant to actually yeah. motivate anyone to, like... Yeah. It's kind of like... It's almost like a conclusion of an essay where they yeah. just kind of sum up the points and then they're like, okay, thanks for listening. And it's like, that's not gonna... That's not gonna appeal no. to my... Mm. emotions and I mean it's not supposed to be about your emotions it's supposed to be about the like objective truth but yeah. also like that's like Here's let's be real objective, that's not how it works that's what it's supposed truth, to be especially in this episode objective tr- truth went out the window as soon as someone with millions of dollars could essentially buy their way into yeah. winning the trial also okay so I, I said on the top I said at the top of the episode I love the premise for this. Yep. And it is basically what I was hoping for when I did the pre-thoughts at the end mm-hmm. of last episode. And it's so good. Like, in sense of, I like that it's like, they didn't plan to be there. They weren't no. approached. It just happened to be that they were mm-hmm. there. Parker, like, her innate abilities are yep. really highlighted because she immediately picks, like, something's going wrong. wrong. Yeah. What I didn't love is that both Nate and Hardison immediately dismiss yeah. her points in favour of watching football, which, like, okay, way to show your, like... I mean, it's a bit like rugby, with it, but without the pads. That made me laugh so hard, because, I like, American football versus, like, Australian rules football is, like, fucking chalk and cheese. Like, I still remember so the horror on those American tourists' faces as mm-hmm. we were explaining to them what Australian really? football was. So fucking funny. It's hilarious. It's like you don't... Get it. <laughs> you just, you don't get it. Like, you know. But, yeah, no. So, I think the whole thing is they just sort of, like, they think she's just basically trying anything to get out of jury duty. Yeah. Like, they just sort of dismiss it as, like. They're kind of gaslighting yeah. her just a little bit. Because they're like, oh, you're making something out of nothing. Like, just because. There is no grand evil behind the curtain of every routine. Yeah, right. Duty. But then she's like, but I feel like it's, the reason I say I think it's kind of like gaslighting is because they're completely, like, invalidating her ability as essentially a spy. Like, she's, it's part of her job, it's part of her, like, way of life to, like, notice these things and put those pieces together that people without that experience and training wouldn't be able to do. And they're invalidating her worth and saying, no, you're crazy, essentially. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Nate, you're immediately more annoying. Um, and actually, my roommate, really funny. She was like, oh, is that that Nate guy that you don't like? He's really annoying. And I was like, yes. She's watched half of this episode. That is all she's ever seen of Leverage. And she immediately was like, Nate's annoying. And then I pointed out Sophie and I said, yeah, they keep trying to set him up with her. And she was like, what? 
She can do so much better than him. Look at her. She's wonderful. Also, she has good mom instincts. <laughs> I was like, you're right. <laughs> anyway, I didn't like the the dismissal. Yeah. No. Very much. And because it is, it's actually Sophie and her mum instincts kicking in being like, well, no, she's never asked for help before. Yeah. Like yeah. she's not just look at this for more than two seconds. Get your head out of your fucking ass. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Elliot joins them at the table and he's brought his beer and he's happy and he's excited to get into the yeah. game. And then Nate's like, mm, go check on Parker or whatever. Check this out with Parker. Um, also, thanks for the beer. And then Elliot is like, no, I'm taking my beer. I'm like, yeah, Elliot. You take your beer. Elliot, no, you ain't taking my beer, Bubba. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yes, No, Bubba, you ain't taking my beer, sorry. Yes, it's in the wrong order. Exactly. And I was like, yeah, Elliot, you take your beer. Nate's being a jerk again. He doesn't deserve your hard-earned alcohol. No. Take it somewhere else. This is not happening, Bubba. You ain't taking my beer. Exactly. While we're talking about unrealistic things in this episode, such as... Sophie being attracted to Nate, because, like, why? Yes. Let's talk about when he is play- pretending to be the hippie with the hideous headband and the glasses, and he throws the fucking phone, and I she catches know. it. Three. Sophie is incredible. I believe she has the skill to do it, but also I would 100% drop the phone. That phone is smashed. I was just going to say, it was the most unbelievable part of the episode. Yeah. I also fully believe that Sophie could pull it off, but Nate couldn't. Like, yeah. <laughs> I have a total faith in her. I'm like, that woman could do anything. That woman could could talk her way onto the International Space Station. Like, Hardison is like, yeah. next week, I'll be an astronaut. Sophie actually could. Yeah. She could. Convince people that she's qualified to be an astronaut. Yes, exactly. She Nate, wouldn't because... I barely trust to drive, let alone throw a phone in the air to a moving vehicle for someone to catch through a sunroof yeah. without the person note like mm. What gets me though is why not just have the window wound down and throw it through the window? Mm. Like surely that no, would have been easier. The sunroof is just just for the drama. It, it the is drama just for, of it all. 100% for the drama. Mm-hmm. And like babe I love that for you Sophie but like also the fucking physics involved though. Because <laughs> like let's just take a second to like really break this down. So you've got to account for not only, first of all, he has to steal the phone, which is like not his strong Subtly suit. Subtly enough that the guy doesn't notice it. Yeah. So it's already not his strong suit because he's not Parker. Yeah. Right. He's not Sophie or like, like this is, these are people who are like, do this as part of their like usual gear. Yeah. Right. He's, he's supposed to be the quote unquote brains. I yeah. use, I use that term loosely. Of the and operation. like he has like some vague pickpocketing skills, but he's not like a Parker level. Yeah, pickpocket. exactly, exactly. And we get a great example of Parker's pickpocketing in this episode, which I fucking adored. That yeah. I was like, oh, she's so, a genius. Fun fact: they actually had like a criminal consultant on the show. Yeah, like someone who, yeah, is quite famous for being basically like a thief, like a professional thief. Yeah. Okay, he goes into like banks and that, and security checks. And, like, basically points out all the weaknesses that people could exploit to be able to break into, like, the banks and buildings and all that sort of jazz. Yeah. And according to him, his name's Apollo Robinson, he actually makes a brief appearance later on in the series, which I'm very excited for because that's a banger of an ep Uh that I cannot wait for you to see. But, no, apparently, according to him, like, Beth is just that good. Like, the Beth Reisgraf, the actress who plays Parker. Yeah. Is actually a very good pickpocket now. Oh, like she God. got so good at it, and she has like the the her fingers are nimble like enough dexterity. that she can she could fully just be a pickpocket if she wanted. To. That's fucking cool. Yeah. What a you know how there's that thing where like dependent on your job you end up with like very niche skills and yeah. knowledge. Oh, a hundred percent. That's really funny. That that's the niche skill slash that knowledge she d- that she's like. I played a criminal on TV, and now I'm qualified to be a real-life criminal. <laughs> like, I, that's really funny. Oh, yeah. I, I know all about acquiring niche skills. Like, the fact that I can cut, like, five kilos of, you know, of onion in, like, half an hour. How fast can you dismantle a piping hot chicken? It's about five, six minutes, give or take. Crazy. Could not be me. <laughs> anyway... Uh, yes. Like, let's break down the physics of this scene, right? Yeah. I'm not okay. quite done. I'm not quite done fixating on it. So... Yeah, so Nate has, first of all, had to pickpocket effectively enough that the target does not notice. Yes. Which, like, he does use... Which, uh, okay, sure. Maybe yeah. he could do that. but Especially but, given that he's distracting the guy pretty severely with the whole engine thing. But, but 
right? This is not the thing that's important. What is important it is that he not only has to pickpocket that guy, he has to time the pickpocketing to be perfectly in sync with how far Sophie is driving because she can't just stop in the no, middle that's of the suspicious. street. That would be suspicious. If she stops, he looks over, he spots her because he recognises her, her as Olivia exactly. Smythe Patel. Exactly. So that's immediately not a possibility that they can have. So... She has to be driving at a set speed. He has to be pickpocketing at a certain speed to match that. And then he has to throw the phone, right? So the phone is traveling at a certain speed. Yep. The car is also traveling at a certain speed. So he has to throw the phone ahead of the car because if he throws it actually where the car is, by the time it gets there, the car has gone. But also, Sophie is also fucking driving. Yeah. So it's not like she's just standing up like in the sunroof ready to catch it while It's not like, like she can move her arm around no. to catch it that goes a bit wide. No. It has no. to be like precise. Yeah, and it's not like she's got a net sticking out the top of the fucking... She's got her hand. She can't even look because she's a responsible driver. And, dude, it... There, it's... Like, it would be possible, but it would yeah. be like one of those Dude Perfect videos where yeah. they try it 500 times, and then they get it at Which the very end. Which brings me to my next question. Do you think they trained this shit? Do you think they just, like, ran runs <laughs> of, like, Sophie driving past and, like... Do we think there is 18 hours of, like, unusable footage of them just throwing the fucking phone? Oh, God. I think that would be hilarious. Because, yeah, that shot is insane. Okay, while we're talking about delaying Quint from getting to the... Yes. I find it really funny because they send the kids off with, like, their lunchboxes and their briefcase off to school for the day, a.k.a. court. Mm. And then Nate stops Elliot and he's like, oh, we've still got work to do. And Elliot's like, am I going to hate it? I got to enjoy it or something. Yeah, and, and he's like, not the first You're bit. not going to enjoy the first bit, right? That's essentially yeah. what he says. He says, you're not going to enjoy the first bit. But, okay... Here's the thing, and you're probably, the first time I watched this, I thought, oh, yeah, the first bit is getting hit by the car. Yeah, that's, that's the what bit I thought too, right? No. The first bit is planting the device in Quinn's engine. Yeah. The first bit doesn't include. Cause getting his, hit by the car. His his job is two sections. Planting the device in Quinn's engine so Quinn breaks down so that they can do the yeah. incredibly convoluted pickpocketing manoeuvre. Oh, yeah. Of throwing, throwing the phone, the phone and, in. Yeah. And then the second bit is getting hit by the car and taking the guys out who are following Quinn. Yeah. Two sections. I know. The first bit is not the bit that you think. I literally, I was so shocked. I was like, damn, he really let himself get hit by that car. Yeah. Like, it's funny. I didn't, like, get quite a good enough, like, view of the people who were actually in the car. So I thought they were just tailing. Like, I thought it was, like, a, a setup where somehow, like, Sophie and Nate were going to pretend to hit Elliot with the car yeah. and then that was going to like the guy was no. going to be like are you okay and that was going to delay him further or yeah. something and I was like no 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 Elliot just let himself get hit by a car yeah. on purpose by two people he doesn't know and then beat them up and put them in a trunk yeah so you just got hit by a car okay albeit not a fast moving car but he still got hit by a car and also to be fair he was prepared for it like he did purposely get hit so he can brace himself so that it's not True. as much damage it's the same thing that like stunt performers do well, yeah. I mean, essentially, that's exa- he's yeah. stunt performing. Yeah. And, like, that's exactly what's happening. But, yeah, so, like, I don't know why, but, yeah, the first few times that I watched this, I always thought the first part referred to getting kicked by the car, mm-hmm. and the second part was beating the guys up. Yeah. No, no. And then it hit me. No, the first part is planting, because he's already planted the device in Quint's engine mm. before he gets hit by the car and beats the guys up. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Funny. I mean, to be fair, he does take getting injured very, very lightly. Mm, yeah. Like, he is, like, he does not give a shit about getting injured. And you will find this out even more so later on. While we're quickly on the topic of Elliot, yeah, I do want to quickly chat about the scene where Sophie is trying to teach Parker about persuasion. Yeah. And she gives Elliot the apple and yeah. Parker the orange and is, you know, being like, convince him that he wants That's the strange. orange. And Elliot goes, I love apples. Apples are my favorite fruit. And, like, does and, that? It's and Parker so goes, funny. good for you, Sparky. And he goes, yeah. I have to take this. <laughs> it's so 
funny. And he's like, I'm going to take a bite of this now. And he like bites it. She's like, I put a razor blade in there. <laughs> and he genuinely stops. Like, when would you have had time to put a razor blade yeah. in the apple? And Sophie rightfully so was like, you fucking fell for that. What's funny though is like, I thought, I was like, Elliot, there's not a fucking razor. Like, I was like, dude. But then again, it is Parker. But then I was like, oh, it is Parker. <laughs> so yeah, no, I was like, dang. I thought it was very funny. I liked I liked the scene with the apple. I thought it was fun. I thought it was funny. Also, if you um pause and you can read like all the little cue cards. Yeah. There's ones that are like don't be cocky and like be honest. And honest is in quotation marks. <laughs> yeah. Like Honestly, some of the screens, I had to stop and take pictures of some of the screens that they showed in this episode. Oh, yeah. Specifically, the... Um, There's like, now a fun visual element to our audio-only podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically, the bit where they bring up the profiles of Joseph Miller and Alice White, Hardison yeah, and Parker's. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, a, the photo they use for fucking Bart, for Hardison yeah, no, is hilarious. smirk is so fun. And it's, like, badly cropped out. Yeah. Um, but no, so his birthday is April Fool's Day Love in that. 1978. He was born in the USA. He's 30. He's 5'11". He weighs 152 pounds, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the, like, it has, like, his occupation. It's, like, general subject has been practicing law for five years in the general area. Personal preferences are for corporate litigation and credit fraud. Other practices include copyright securities, patent verification, and civil litigation. And that's why he's the lawyer on this case about uh, death. Yeah. And then if you go to Alice White, funnily enough, she has the same birthday. Oh, funny. As Joseph Miller. They are the same age exactly. Mm. Uh, She's a vegetarian bookkeeper. Oh, yeah. She... uh... She loves steaks that are made of beans and held together with soy glue. While you were vegetarian, did you ever have a steak made of beans held together by soy glue? I mean, I guess in essence, yeah. (laughs) I never, like, not the way she describes it, but I had, like, you know, the meat substitutes. Like, whenever I went to people's houses for dinner, no one ever knew how to, like, cook vegetarian food. So I always offered to bring my own dinner, and then everyone was... Always like, no, no, like, we'll do it. Don't worry. Like, don't you, you know, and don't so worry. Fake we'll accommodate for you. And so they would go to Coles and then they would buy the, like, fake chicken schnitty or whatever. And, <laughs> and that would be my dinner. Like, when my mum didn't know how to cook vegetarian, because I was only, like, 12. So I wasn't making my own dinners, like, on the reg. So she, uh, she That's went, not Dean Winchester coded of you, Bear. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I've had the, the fake meat. And that is generally made of soy proteins. So I guess, in essence, yeah, they're pretty yummy, to be honest with you. Like, they're not bad. They're not amazing, but they're not bad by any means. But no. But yeah, in her bio, used by the official lawyers of the other side, Mm -hmm. it literally does mention the crazy time she had at her sister's wedding in Arizona. She was a bridesmaid. (laughs) I like to think that there's like a fun little crossover where um, her sister's wedding was also attended by Eleanor Shellstrop, and that was part of the crazy experience. Oh, that is good. I thought so. That yeah. is very good. Because I was like, oh, Arizona. Who's my favourite Arizona dirtbag? It is Eleanor Shellstrop. <laughs> but yeah. But no, the boards, which can we call out appropriate use of pin boards in this episode? Yes. Very appropriate. The evil lawyers have one. Leverage has pin mm-hmm. boards. They're using pin boards instead of sticking stuff to the goddamn walls. Right. The evil people yeah. have a glass chessboard. Yeah. Why? So that when she they... likes chess. But she's supposed to be overseeing this huge fucking illegal operation. So she's not allowed to have a hobby? Not when she's supposed to be on the job. No. Can you imagine if I was at work dealing with confidential information and I was like, oh, I'll just play a game of Monopoly right now, I guess. No. <laughs> Are you a drug heiress? No. Is that not immediately obvious? <laughs> Well, I think your situation's a little different, Bethany. Oh, I, I think you playing a game of Monopoly would impact your ability to do the job. I think her having a chess game running in the background is not going to impact her job of being an evil oh, drug so heiress who's trying who to... Who is she playing? Is she playing I herself? I don't know. I, she might be playing herself. She might be playing uh, the actual lawyer dude. Maybe I wonder if it's her versus the rest of the team. So, like, she makes a move and then Mm. if anyone's walking past, they just make the next move. Maybe it's, like, a whole, like, chess roulette situation. You can just join in if you want. That seems like a fun way to play a board game, actually. Where, like, no one is actually sitting down playing. You just, like, 
have like maybe a little flag that you move to each like like if you're playing like Monopoly, right? So it's like say you've got four people, quote unquote, playing Monopoly. You got like a little a little doll or a little flag or something to symbolize which like person's turn it is. And then as you walk past, you can be like, oh, I kind of want to. I'll roll the dice. I'll make a decision. I'll move the flag to the next. And then you off you go. And then some other rent like and you could play the next move later. You can walk back now later. Oh no, let's play the. I'll play the next move. And then you could play like that. And you could just have like twenty people playing one board game over the series of a week. I feel like that could be cool. I feel like that would be a fun... Imagine if you could just have, like... You know how you have, like, giant chess sometimes? I feel like you could have, like, a giant community, like, chess game, but, like, the rule is you can only make one move and then you have to leave it and then someone else has to come along. The chess game would take a month, but it would be fun. Someone would make a Facebook page about it. Mm. You just know there'd be updates. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, oh, someone took the white rook. And we'd all be like, oh, that's a big development. Someone did it at 3 a.m. Those sneaky chess bastards. How will the black team retaliate? You know? But no, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, anyway, maybe, maybe it's just me. <laughs> yeah, I look, I don't know who she's playing, but I think that it's not an issue. Like, she's running this operation. She's allowed to do whatever the fuck she wants. I think it's a bit fucking extra. It is very extra. But again, we've established this episode is about the drama. It, it, it surely is. Why would they throw the phone? Yeah. Why would they shoot Hardison's entrance as the lawyer that way? Oh, Which he got the very, it. like, you know, panning up, very uh-huh. sexual objectification of women normally. Yes, which true. Is fantastic. Although I think in this instance, also very true of, like, true crime dramatic entrance yeah. shots. Yeah. So I feel like you could look at it either way. Given the scenario, it's probably more true crime dramatic entrancey than objectification of women but I do understand where you're coming from. And I mean, like, why else would. Parker being like, I put a razor blade in that apple. Like, that was for the drama. Mm. Like, there are way easier ways to try and convince someone to, like, give you their apple versus saying that you tampered with it. Okay, but also I feel like Parker has a very interesting opinion of what is normal conversation because I did write down some of the things she said to people unprompted. Oh, yeah. Uh, what did you have for breakfast? You smell like gravy. Yep. Uh, what was the other one I wrote down? Is it the one about that little baby looks like it's in a dog suit? Yeah. A, a, sorry, a dog in a baby suit? A dog in a baby suit. She actually had so many. I, I did write them down, but I can't see. I feel like I've accidentally ticked them off when I haven't actually said them. But the point is, she said a bunch of stuff that I was like, wow, it's a miracle that you don't get hit on a daily basis with people yeah. just being real fucked off with you. Like, it's a miracle that people haven't filed for harassment. Well, to be fair, up until this point, she's never had to really interact with other people. True. And anyone that she has had to interact with, it's a pretty insular circle. Like, it's... Yeah. You know... I think Elliot actually says at the start of the episode, he says that there are going to be normal people there. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I guess. That is kind of a concern. She's used to her circle now. Yeah. Like, she... A, works alone normally. Mm. So, like, she's never really had actual friends before. It's all just been, like, co-workers that she deals with. So, yeah. like, it's, like, the fence that she would tell her stolen merchandise through yeah it's you know like supplies and stuff for us like you could walk in have a conversation about what you need to have a conversation with and then leave yeah she doesn't have to make small talk and also no she one's dawdling in these situations because yeah. you want to get in and get out like it's very yeah. strategic to not make small talk yeah yeah it would actually maybe feel suspicious if someone was making small talk in those situations like if i was trying to fence some stolen art and the person I'm chatting to about it is like, so anyway, how was your weekend? I'd be like, yes, there is a sting operation going on. The cops are on their way. I should leave. <laughs> oh, can we talk for a sec about the guy who's being sued? Yes. His yellow glasses are dumb. Yeah. His yellow glasses are almost as infuriating as Nate's yeah. silly hats. I I really didn't like them. He also clearly doesn't need them because he's not wearing them for half the episode. But then he keeps putting them on. I'm like, they're not sunglasses. They're just yellow. But they're not reading glasses because you don't read anything in the episode. Except maybe the contract. Oh, it is very funny. He's very spiritual. He has a zen zen garden. garden. I did love that. Also, I think it's fucking hilarious that that woman whose name, I can't remember. Earnshaw? Yeah. Earnshaw. I think it's hilarious that she bought that one random Indian, like, company for, like, millions, millions of, of dollars. dollars. And they're like, do you know what's going on? <laughs> no, just sign the papers. We're going to be rich for no That reason. is it's one hilarious. of my favorite moments when she's buying the company and they're, like, signing it. And he's like, what the fuck? I just love... Because, yeah. like, 
a lot of these shows, they just don't make you think about those sort of like... The consequences that apply to anyone outside of the immediate yeah. bubble. Yeah. So I really love it when they do... Like they did it... Look, I think it was less effective in the snow job when they did it. Yeah. When they changed like Sophie into the actual athlete. Yeah. Because I was just like, oh, like they just happened to be Googling themselves at that exact moment. Yeah. But this episode makes complete sense. And yeah. I love the cutaway to them being like the... Bro, like, what the hell yeah, it's so is happening? Funny. Like, also, I love that they have uh, Elliot's friend come in to do like the green screen. The, <laughs> the moment where he switches accents, accents. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's so fun. and I love that because like, obviously he's good. And I was like, yeah, I told you. Like, it's like it's also that thing of like you're probably expecting him to switch accents, but you're expecting him to switch like to like a generic American, American or British, accent, or yeah, or British. He comes in with that Irish accent and you're like... And it's strong too. Like, so goddamn strong. It's like well, That sequence of events is fucking hilarious. I, Yeah, no. I, I appreciate Sophie's con yeah. quite a lot through this episode. Although yeah. I do have a question for you. Mm. So at the end of the episode, uh, when they've just found out that the jury has voted in favour of the yeah. plaintiff, which is great. Obviously, that yeah. was the outcome we were hoping for. Unless, I mean, I guess I can't speak for everybody. Maybe someone was hoping that the bad people would win. I don't know. Devil's advocate, I guess. But point mm. is, most people, I would assume, were hoping the plaintiff would win this case. As they're all, like, leaving the courtroom, they all, like, identify themselves to... Yeah, the gloat is a weird thing that makes sense in some situations, but like this one, I don't know why. It feels it's it's for the drama. I feel but... like here is my issue with it because like I get like Quint doesn't even own the company anymore. He's yeah. given it, he's sold it, yeah, and like he's got his money. Like his the lawsuit is like done or whatever. Like they have to give him give five million, but he just sold his company for so much more than that. Like. Yeah. Whatever, you know. So he's and also it's no done. longer his company, so it's not his responsibility. Because exactly. they're not suing him, they're, they're suing, suing the company. company. Exactly. And so he's kind of done, like, he's kind of come out of this on top yes. in a weird way. Which is, like, it kind of means that justice was only partially served. Yeah. But it also means that they've now identified themselves to this woman who clearly has a lot of money and support at her disposal. Probably not for long, though, because the win in this lawsuit means that other lawsuits just like this are going to come out of the woodwork. Because once you've got legal precedent for something, like... Yeah, but I also just think that it was probably not a good idea for them to... Especially, like, for her to see their faces. Like, it's not like they left a little, like... If they had done something like sent flowers with like a note or something, and like the little chest like piece, a little, like, yeah, like that would have been a gloat without identity. Or even if she come back to the warehouse and she was like playing chess against herself or something, and like it had checkmate. Yeah, like, exactly. Like that would have like if she had come back to her chess board and like they had organized it in a position where like her king was fully, like, there was nothing they could do and it was just, and, like, a little note that just said, like, a post note that said checkmate with an exclamation mark and, like, a smiley face or something. That would have been cute and had the gloat and whatever. But then you could have had a scene of her being furious and being confused because she doesn't know how it's happened. Yeah. But, like, now they've put their faces in front of her and I just feel like that woman was so driven. Especially considering the only face they knew was Sophie. And they had, like, they had no reason to think that that company no. wasn't legitimately yeah. offering that. Like, and that company's sold now, so they couldn't even go and be, like, to the, like, head of the CEO or whatever. So they would find out something was funky when they went and they were trying to find any record of Olivia Smith Patel anywhere but the website. True. But even then, like... Yeah. They've pr- they tied it up in, like, quite a nice bow, and then I kind of feel like they were, like lol we'll just like rip it up and stick our heads out i'm like why like and you could have had because like no one's gonna point the finger at parker yeah because she's just the droid no one's gonna point the finger at they can be like huh that was kind of weird but like yeah and no one's gonna point a finger at hardison because he's got such a strong case and like in the end he ended up doing very well as like i mean he was a bit like (laughs) Uh, to start but like he actually like presented his case and like did pretty well in the 
place of the lawyer. And let's talk about him ripping the doctor to shreds. Yeah. Oh, my God. But honestly, like, not going to lie, I would also not trust the doctor. Are you going to treat me with respect if you couldn't treat a flight attendant with respect? Exactly. You know? I don't know if there is any validity to this, but I don't know if I would trust a professional who had just been in that many trials. Yeah. Like, ask, like, I don't, I would want a, like, someone who, with a medical opinion, who wasn't making a habit of flying all over the country to appear specifically in these types of cases. Because I would be like, okay, but why are you doing that? Why are are you specifically doing in tens of trials of the same nature? When, like, I don't think that they specifically say that he has any qualification that makes him, like, the sole expert in this area. Mm. Like, I would understand if there were only, like, three people in the country that they could ask to be present for these types of trials. And so they're like, Mm. okay, obviously there will be a higher percentage if that type of trial is regular for some reason. Yeah. But if you're just, like, a general GP... Why didn't they ask, like, the general GP of the victim who had died? Yeah. Like, or why specifically is this guy... Like, if you're in, say... If you're on... Okay. Put it in Australian terms. If you were holding a trial in, like, WA, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Why would you fly a doctor from New South Wales to WA to appear on a trial when you could just get a doctor who's already in WA? Like, that feels Unless they have some sort of specialty. Well, obviously. Qualification. But, but my point is. Or personal, like, experience that is especially relevant to the case. But my point is they don't bring that up in the episode. No. So, irregardless of that. Assuming that he is not some kind of specialist where he's like the top in his field or one of three or whatever. Yeah. There is no reason for him to be flying all over the country. I'm sure there are other doctors in those states. So why is he specifically the one who keeps appearing in all of these trials, especially when they're all on very similar topics? I don't trust it. That might just be me, but I would be suspicious. If I was on that jury and I heard that he had been a consultant on all of these cases... I would Without be, that would a be my, reason for him to be... Exactly. Without him being particularly specialised in that area, I would be like, okay, why you though? Because they would only ask you if they know that you are going to back up their claim. So why aren't they asking any other doctor? It would be like a toothpaste company. They're not going to ask the one doctor out of ten who doesn't agree with them yeah. <laughs> to come on the witness stand. They're going to ask one of the nine that like them. But if yeah. you've got nine that don't like you, you're going to ask the one that does. And that's how it feels. Yeah. Oh, I want to I wanna ask your opinion on the side characters this week. Because we meet a couple of the jury. Do you, do you have any opinions? I like Parker's friend. I think it's cute that they're like, oh, we should hang out and get coffee. I think Parker being like, do you think they'd still a painting with me is funny. Yeah. And adorable. Um, I hope she doesn't lead with that. Yeah. <laughs> As per Sophie's advice. The little grandma with the doggy jumper, I love. I think she's a sweetie. She looks real cute with her little doggy jumper. I think it's sad that Sophie's like, she hasn't seen her grandkids in like at least five years. Uh, that's depressing as hell. Yeah. Um, but look, we all have our And also, fuck drama. the original jury foreman who was taking goddamn bribes. Oh, yeah. What the hell's with that? I'm glad Parker framed him. Yeah. Um, and she just like squirts the mustard directly at him. She doesn't yeah, even, she doesn't try even to make it subtle. subtle. She's been so subtle with the rest of it. And then she's like, he's stolen all our stuff. And I like that. I forget. What's her friend's name? Is it Abby? Peggy. Peggy. Thank you. And it was an E noise at the end. Um, I like that. She's like, yeah, like you're the nicest one here. And Parker has a little moment. She's like, oh, really? I mean, thanks. thanks. It's cute. It's a nice little, it's a nice moment for her. To uh, sort of get that validation that she yeah. is actually good at talking to people. Like, she's yeah. not inherently, in, like, she can't not do it. It's not an impossible task for her. Yes. She just doesn't have the practice. Yes, that's a good way to put it, I think. Oh, I do want to take a special moment just to talk about the fact that the building that they're in, mm. uh, towards the end of the episode, we get an aerial shot of it. Mm-hmm. It does look like an erect penis. This is not important no. to anything, but I felt like I had to point it out. I didn't even notice that. So well, you were I did. <laughs> Look, it had to be said. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's essential. 
It's essential to understanding the... Like the next hundred slides? Yes. Exactly. Oh, while we're back on Hardison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he's doing his closing speech, mm-hmm. first of all, outstanding. Mm-hmm. Second of all, the typist in the background, I can't remember the official the stenographer. name. Stenographer. Stenographer, thank you, is... I know that the whole thing is that they're t- typing and they have to be really fast and they're paying attention to what's happening in front of them, but if you look at her face... She is so zoned in on what, like, I'm like, oh, damn, he's not just convincing the jury. He's convincing the stenographer. Like, she is hanging on his every word. And I know that's her job, but, like. It's probably because this bitch has just presented, like, two bloody hundred different pages of shit that is largely irrelevant. Yeah. Because it's not understandable to anyone who doesn't have a medical degree. Yeah. And she's like, oh, he's finally actually speaking like a human. Yeah. And it was, it was fantastic, and I loved it, and yeah. You know, because Justice wears a blindfold, so you can't see that they're asleep. Yeah. <laughs> I just like that quote. Oh, I did just want to say, that moment after Nate's like, it's all on her now, like, they've done what they can, it's closing, they're going into the deliberations with the jury. Yeah. And I'm like, it cuts from that to, like, a zoom in on Parker's face, and she's like, yeah. Like, that's me at all times, anytime someone tries to make small talk. <laughs> That is me internally every time. That's fair. There was something that... it. This happened last episode too, and I'm, I'm going to bring it up again, but I probably won't harp on it quite so long, is that the acting for the opening scene, I don't know what is happening, but I think the last two episodes, both opening scenes, the acting was just not good. They really and hammered up in the opening, and then the rest of the episode's absolutely fine. Like, same actors yeah. and everything. I'm like, like, what is happening with these opening scenes? They're just, like, they're just weird. Like, though I'm not going to lie, the cut from, like, the kettle boiling and the whistle mm -hmm. to, like, them arguing, I really enjoy that. Yeah. I like the symbolic nature of it. But that the kettle is not acting. No. (laughs) The kettle is not acting. I'm just saying, I do think that was a really fun way to transition the scenes. Yeah. Also, I'm just glad that we have kettles that don't scream anymore. Yeah. It okay. baffles me when people are like, what's an electric kettle? It's like, baffles me when people are like, I put my water in the microwave. How? I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> that seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Anywho, uh, America. Well, actually, that's kind of relevant to my next point, which is like, why are you not calling an ambulance? Uh, and then obviously it's because if they don't have private health, and even if they do have private health, apparently, I don't understand the American healthcare system. It's very confusing. It's expensive uh, as hell. And as they've it established... It seems generally bad. They don't have a lot of money. Like, they have... Yeah, because he's, like, studying. And, yeah, he's yeah. studying while working as a warehouse manager. And I'm pretty sure it says they had kids, too, at some point, they say. I can't remember. But, yes, anyway. So, I guess that's why she doesn't call an ambulance. And that's just fucking horrible. Like, essential healthcare should not be enough... Like... I personally believe that you shouldn't have to pay for essential healthcare, just full stop. Mm. But obviously we don't live in a perfect world and that's just not the reality. However, by no means should essential healthcare make you fucking broke. Like there is no world and where it is ethical or moral for essential healthcare to put you in debt. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. I can't wait till we get to because I actually have a couple of different episodes I can think of where they actually do like more exact, closely examine like the healthcare system and we've kind of already even touched on it because uh, what was it like the second or the third episode when it's the uh, man who gets injured in action. The second episode, the homecoming job. That's the one. Yeah, and that's yeah about being able to give all the money to the hospital. Yeah, Mm. and they also touch on it briefly in the snow job. When they're talking about the life insurance policies. Right, yeah, yeah. And how all of their money is used up in the fighting of the disease. Yeah. And now they're broke, but they still want to enjoy their last days. Yeah. Like, I know that's mostly a scam, but that, that's also kind of true. Yeah. Like, it's it's not really a secret that if you have some sort of terminal condition that you could potentially fight, fighting is going to drain all your money. It's also another thing that's, like, driving Nate this entire season mm. of... Yeah, it's actually Nate's entire backstory, It's eh? Nate's entire backstory of he was in a position where he needed his insurance company to pay for a treatment for his son. Yeah. And they just straight up refused to pay it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not something they're really hiding at all. In, 
this first season, I didn't realise, but they actually go pretty hard on, like, the they, American healthcare is shit thing, don't they? Yeah, they really have. And this was also, like, back in 2005 and six, like, or 2004. 2008. I think it was a bit later. I think it was seven, eight. Oh, okay. I assumed it came out at the same time as Supernatural. No, it so, was, like, two years after, year and a half, two years, something okay. like that. And this is, like, going back to, like, not even in the 2010s. So this is a while ago now. Yeah. And from what I can gather, it seems to have only gotten worse. Hmm. Really. At Americans, we're sorry. You don't have... Decent healthcare systems. Yeah. Not that ours is amazing. Ours is pretty alright, but it's not fantastic. But it's better. Look, at the end of the day, I can access all the basic healthcare I need at a cost that is not going to send almost anyone broke. Like, there are very few people, I think, that our the cost of our healthcare would send broke. And if well, you are one of those people where the cost of our healthcare... You get free healthcare. You can get free healthcare. You can get concessions. Yeah. Like, it is not... Like, you can still access it, you just maybe don't. Yeah, obviously, like, you, you, there'll be more of a wait list if you go public for yeah. surgeries and stuff. But anyway, this is so not the point. Healthcare. Of yes. Um, Healthcare should be free and accessible to all. When Sophie's talking to Quint, this will probably come out, but I think it's very funny. Yeah. When Sophie's talking to Quint about, like, setting up a Zoom call, like an, a call yeah. with the home offices in India. Yeah. And she's like, there are, like, 12 hours ahead, so we have to, like, be like, Midnight tonight. That's us trying to record with Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Trying to do the maths, except we're bad at maths. But what gets me is it didn't have to be... Okay. So she's like, it will have to be like midnight to night. They're 12 hours ahead. It doesn't have to be midnight. They could do it at like... 6 p.m.? Oh, no. Let's, we could do 10 a.m., 10 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you could do it at a different... like. Yes, they're 12 hours ahead, but any time between, like, 6 a.m. in the morning and, like, 11 a.m., mm-hmm. I would say is more appropriate because I'm... 12. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. But no, so she's, she's just fully like, yeah, midnight meeting. That doesn't seem dodgy at all. <laughs> I do just want to briefly, briefly, briefly touch on one more quote from this episode that I love. Yeah. Which is, men, I don't have men. I wear sandals. <laughs> I did love that episode. That episode? That episode. I did love that line. I it was very funny. I just it's a whole vibe. And Quint like we've discussed briefly of like Quint is kind of the bad guy and he like he doesn't really win this episode, but he doesn't lose by really any yeah. means. So I think it's really interesting because they've sort of framed him as he's just sort of like the bumbling fool in the middle. Oh, absolutely. Yes, he owned the company, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, he's not actually responsible for Fast Life because they explained this. Earnshaw sunk $20 million. Honestly, hilarious to me that she would have spent $20 million to develop this product, Fast Mm. Life, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, most of the problems associated with it are associated with her because otherwise without her, this product would have never been made. She sunk $20 million into this company to develop Fast Life, right? She only bought the company for $45 million. Yes, right? She could have just bought the company to start with. He would have taken the offer of $20 million, I would yeah. assume. Yeah. Like, and we, we never actually find out how much she ended up buying the company for. Mm. But, but no, I think it's... Wait, isn't it $45 No, $45 million is the price that the company's worth if they win the trial. Oh. That's the close-up we get. That she's like, your company's worth this much if you win. It's worth nothing if you lose. I would assume so. She and so I assumed that it, it would have been like, yeah. Yeah. But it's and like, we also don't know how much she bought the other company in India for. for yeah. Also, Which, considering that it was believable that the other company could fork out $100 million. Yeah. You've got to assume that it is, like, significantly... A significant amount Like, of you, you've got to assume that she would have bought Mumbai International for at least $100 million. I am interested in knowing how she has been able to spend all of this money with no, like, internal Nepotism. investigation. Nepotism. Well, yeah, but like, surely when you're spending into the tens and hundreds of millions, there's at least some kind of like one accountant who's like, "This seems this weird. seems like an odd choice." Like, does she like it? I don't know. Like, even if even if you had, I mean, we saw it in um, the snow job. Yeah. Like, obviously, like preferences between his kids and stuff, but like, 
you know, they were still questioning the yeah. the spending. Yeah, it wasn't just like he was spending whatever money he wanted and their dad was like, oh, yeah, the yeah, dad whatever. had to sign off on it. Yeah. Like, it was still the, and the, controlled. And it wasn't just like the, you know, I think his name in that episode. No, Dennis was the really evil one. Dennis was the one who was played by the actor who was also in Buffy. He played Jonathan yeah. and Buffy. Yeah. The, I, I just think of him as the really evil one because he's the one who was the whole, like, oh, let's just, like... He was running the actual scam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the other kid's name, but... No, he... And he didn't just go to dad and be, like... He didn't just go to his dad and was, like, oh, yeah, give me, like, $20 million because I want it. Like, he yeah. went and he was, like, look, this is, like, the business plan. This is what yeah. I'm planning to do with that money. Like, can you sign the check so that yeah. I can... Exactly. Exactly. So there's still some level of like assessment. Yeah. I guess before anything is actually spent. And like obviously the father in that episode was gonna say yes to anything that kid asked, because yeah. that kid was the favourite. Yeah. But uh yeah, like he still actually had detail, like it wasn't just yeah, behind his back. Mm. But I, I don't know how Or just unlimited much. access to the accounts. I like, would assume just Yeah. Maybe she runs a department of it or something like acquisitions or whatever, so they Maybe. just assumed that it was whatever spending. Still, though, I don't she know. She just hadn't mentioned it on the reports and nobody had quite picked it up yet because it had just been disguised in all of the other acquisitions. <laughs> She's got to put together a PowerPoint at the end of the quarter and explain all of these massive but expenditures. I get for the plot that it was kind of necessary for it to be like, she did this without gaining approval. Yeah. I understand that. But also, how is she going to explain that she just bought an entire company? I know. Like, I Two understand of them. that she takes buying companies very lightly. Yeah. But, like, also... Yeah. It's crazy. It's... Insane. It's but, inexplicable. <laughs> but, yeah. So, he doesn't have men. He has sandals instead. <laughs> Equally valid. Jesus had both. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That'll have to come out. It's not even a relevant joke, but it's no, fun. It is very fun. Um Okay, I think that actually just about does it for this episode. Do you have anything else you would like to add to this conversation about the juror number six job? No, I think I think that's pretty much it. I don't have anything else to, to add. Yeah. Fun episode. Lot of lot of Parker. Parker mm. heavy. A lot of Parker finally learning to actually talk to people and, like, them realising, like, this is going to be an issue. Because, like, she can't get away with stabbing every dude she doesn't like with a fork. Do you reckon Hardison's going to start taking her door-to-door to, like, sell, like, cookies or something? <laughs> so that <laughs> she like develops a training. Some yeah. Or maybe he just rigs it so she gets involved in, like, another dozen jury trials. <laughs> Puts her in a little bow tie and just tells her to go knock on the door. <laughs> but no, so, and I think this is actually the first instance we've seen of, like, Grifting classes, hosted by Sophie. Yes, I was very excited. I thought I was going to learn how to flirt again, but I did not. No. So. You learn such things as don't be cocky, use humour, people can be your friends, make a joke, and baby steps. Which, oh, I love that Honestly, I need Sophie talk, teaching me how to be a human. Like, I love that. Like, Parker probably did take all of this in, but just did not know how to apply it. Like, yeah. she did make a joke. She said that baby looks like a dog in a baby suit. Yeah. It just was not funny to the no. person whose grandchild it was. She um She's never really had to develop that empathy, so she doesn't realize mm. that saying shit like that is not appropriate. Is mean. Like, it's, it's appropriate only if you're looking at a picture of a baby who's relatives and stuff are not in the room and you can go to your friend like hey this is fucking ugly looking baby and then your friend's like damn that is an ugly baby you're never gonna say that to the face of the person whose baby it is you're You're not gonna be like oh wow your grandkid is fucking ugly looks like a dog but you can say it to your friends who are also never gonna say it to them like I don't know it's just just, that's just common sense and social etiquette but I guess like you have to be taught these things if you're not taught them and especially if you already, like, have, like, difficulty with it to start. Like, it's not innately obvious. I think it's very fun that we're starting to see Parker gaining new skills. Yeah. Because that's sort of the thing that's, like, through this series, they all start to gain skills that they didn't previously have. They all kind of rub off on each other a little bit. Yeah. In a non-kinky way. In a wholesome, I mean, this, educational way. They, they do all exude by energy. You don't know. 
Yeah. Well, my roommate took one look at Sophie and when I said that they were trying to set her up with Nate, she was like, um, no, she can do so much better. Also, she's clearly gay. What about those earrings scream straight to you? <laughs> and so that was her take. Uh, <laughs> so I don't think we should get Naomi on the pod. <laughs> oh, bring her in for a leverage episode that she hasn't seen yet. Oh, yeah. Chaos. Chaos. Two people who've never seen it before. Yeah. And one Jamie. I get outnumbered all the time. I don't like it. <laughs> so Naomi has to watch the entire show first. Okay. Kind of derailed that a little bit. Anyway, I think we were done. I had nothing else to say. I mean, I always have more to say, but that's not the point. Yes, moving on. So, Beth, what would you rate the juror number six job out of five? I rated it a three because... Like I said, it might just be because I went in with high expectations, but I felt like it was a good episode. I appreciated a lot of things about it. However, there were still moments of like bad acting. There was some stuff that confused me. And I also just, I don't know. This So the last two episodes, I genuinely enjoyed watching and like yeah. I would go back and watch them. Like they filled me with a certain elation that you can only get from watching good media. This episode did not give me that. Yeah, And so I, I can't, I feel like I can't, in good conscience, give it more than a three. I would like to. I think that the premise is really, really cool. And I think there were some highlights. But I, at the end of the day, I think it was just, like, a good episode. I don't think it was a great episode or, like, a better than average episode. So three is my, like, I enjoyed it. It was Solid fine. episode, but Middle I would be, yeah. I'm not hanging to watch yeah. it again. Yeah. Okay, the next episode is called The 12-Step Job. What do you think it's about? Well, have you ever heard of a 12-step program? Yes. I'm going to assume maybe yeah. it is to do with some kind of 12-step program. Maybe they're mm. finally getting Nate to go to like some kind of AA. Yeah. That would be good. Mm. Uh, he does have a problem, doesn't he? Yeah, addiction is an illness. But maybe... Like that's the when if I hear twelve step that's like my okay initial. So you're thinking some sort of like AA, some sort of rehabilitation rehab program, program. yeah, something. like a social or community setting for like not like a hospitalized level mm. of rehabilitation, but like a community support yeah rehabilitation kind of group. Some to do with like drug and or alcohol addiction, yeah, or just addiction in general, yeah. or even um. Yeah, I guess just addiction in general. That's kind of the thing that 12-step reminds me of. But mm. in saying that, it could just be in relation to, like, they have a very convoluted plan that has yeah. 12 steps. And it's very much about, like, breaking it down. And, like, each step is kind of yeah. like a segment of I mean, episode. like they did in this episode where they were like, oh, the beginning, middle, and end game. Yeah, kind of, but more elaborate. Yeah. So there's, like, two kind of avenues I think it could go most of the episodes up to this point have been like it has specifically been about the content of the job itself and not like mm. the layout of the plan yeah, so the process. I would be more inclined to suggest it would be the first that which I one would you prefer do you think uh well I don't really know to be honest with you I think it would be really cool for them to have like a very convoluted 12-step plan yeah. that like you know you have to sort of go through a flow chart up or mm. whatever but also I would be interested to see what kind of plot they could pull in like an AA kind of setting because like it, it would be a setting where you could very easily have someone be a corruptive influence kind of thing. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be interested either way, I think. I mean, you have to watch it either way unless you want to stop yeah, this I podcast. A, I don't get a choice. So I guess I'll find out. That's my prediction. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to us ramble on for like an hour here today. Dearly beloved, we are gathered. <laughs> We've gathered Sorry. today for our weekly uh, dissection of leverage. If you want to associate with us more, talk to us, ramble about us. I mean, you can obviously talk about us. Ramble about us. Ramble about us. Yep. That's... <laughs> if you want to contact us at all, talk to us on social medias, etc. Obviously, you can talk to us about whatever the hell you want. We will respond. We want friends. We love friendship. Yes. It's the power of friendship in this The house. power of friendship is what made this podcast happen, and the power of friendship is how it will persevere, so. <laughs> but if you want to specifically talk to Beth about vegetarian meal options, Ooh, yeah. you can find her on the Twitter at ThiefStillsPod. What are your experiences with bean steak held together by soy glue? I was vegetarian for about a decade, and 
I so I'm full of recipe ideas. If if you want recipe ideas, come hit me up. I've got a billion of them. But I would also love to hear suggestions because pretend you're a white suburban mom. Swap recipes with them. Well, I'm white and suburban. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> we're two thirds of the way there. No, you are a mum. You've got a doggo. I do- oh. You're a doggo mum. Yeah, hit me up. Um, however, if you, in fact, would not like to talk about vegetarian cooking and would prefer to talk about, for example, the insane physics of throwing a mobile phone through the air and having it land through a sunroof of a moving vehicle, I feel like you should head over to Tumblr with Jamie and speak about that. Our Tumblr is at Thief Steals the Podcast and you can find her over there always. Not gonna lie, I don't really like physics. I think it's just math and a bad hat. But if but you like, like physics... If you like physics, do do the numbers for me. Please. Please. We could probably Google it. Yeah. But that nah. would require effort. Mm-hmm. So. Just send it to us instead. Please. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Outro? Is that really going to be it? No, that's not going to be okay, it. Fine, okay, fine. I was going to say, we're bad at outros. We're not that bad at outros. No, that's going to be the outro. Bye. <laughs>